helping businesses grow and you absolutely have to market to grow your business. Agency, and thank you for joining us here at Chat and Grow Marketing Masterminds. I am here with Tarum and Jonathan from Forward Future. I'm so excited. We're here in LA. Uh, my daughter Miranda works with you. She also, um, a lot of people who watch here see her there as well. So, um, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, letting me come in and yeah, thank you take for having brain. us. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah I'm so excited. Absolutely. So the whole purpose of what we do here is to help businesses and um, get more empowered with knowledge, not only if you want to do marketing yourself, but also when you hire a marketer, it's really important to take um, a lot of things into consideration. You're, you're going to hear the same things over and over again from different marketers. And um, I know we had a conversation at lunch the other day, and I feel like we are bringing up the same kind of things that if you talk to any marketer, but um, we get really excited about it. So I also feel like um, marketing is so exciting and so fun that um, just kind of sharing that is really important. So yeah, well, thanks again for coming. Can you guys, let's start up, can you just share a little bit about what you guys do, um, you know, who your clients are and, and your, pa your, your passion, it's going to come out, but like your thoughts behind what you do and why you do it. Yeah, sure. So Forward Future is what we call impact marketing companies. So we focus on companies that are innovative, that are doing something for the world, social good. Um, so that includes everything from nonprofits to uh electric vehicles and things of everything in between. So it doesn't really matter the size of the business, it's really about how big of an impact they're making. And so fortunately, after a decade that we've been in this business, we've now able to choose our clients and figure out what kind of is in alignment with our personal philosophies mm -hmm. and work with people who are kind of doing the same. Well, and it's so much easier to market them too, because once it, it kind of goes back to selling what you love, you know, and so exactly. you're able to kind of align yourself with clients that share those types of things with you is that yeah exactly if you believe in their mission mm -hmm. you know we we usually go above and beyond for the people we work with and you know the people who own the businesses are, are our friends and we go to each other's weddings and bar mitzvahs etc and we try to keep that working relationship and culture you know very intimate and close um so it, it lasts and it's not just like, hey, we got a new client here today, gone tomorrow type of thing. As you see, the CEO of Marilla Oil is just in here walking in with you guys, right. you know, just to bring over and meet his new fiance and talk about wedding plans and finish it up and edit, you know? Right, right. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add to that, like about what you do and, and why you do it? Um, I think obviously we're into impact marketing and, uh, more companies that uh, are into social good. So, um, like you said, they, they line up with our philosophies. It's a lot easier to sell for us. You know, if a, if a gasoline company came to us and offered us a bunch of money, we, we would turn them down, you know? Not a good fit. Right, exactly. And so, when, when, they're, when they're clients like the ones we work with that are doing amazing things, like, we're really excited. And it's, you know, it's, it's not work at that point. It's just you know, part of our life and what we do, you know? Right. Well, why don't you share a little bit about some of your clients? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so we were just talking about Marula oil. Um, Marula oil is a, a fair trade beauty oil, and it is it actually comes from 
um, Swaziland, Africa, and there's these trees that have this nut, essentially. And these anthropologists were in Africa researching these tribes, these uh, old African tribes, and they found that the tribal women would take these nuts and crack them open, extract this oil, and use them for everything from sunscreen to healing and, you know, general beauty purposes. And so they were, after observing that for a while, they got in contact with a really uh, renowned uh, plastic surgery doctor, physician, and started testing that oil and found that it was actually two times more effective than argon oil, which is, you know, the top beauty oil that is on the market okay. now. So fast forward to now, they have a fair trade, fair wage practice where they um, employ these same African women in order to extract the oil. They've set up a whole infrastructure for that them to do that. And we're actually going there in a couple months to film them. We'll be there with, uh, can't say who yet, but with a, uh, a beauty magazine at, editorial team kind of sh showing them the process and the people and you know how they make an impact and then bring that high-end oil back to the states where they're doing amazing it's one of the top brands um, in the world right now for this product so you know it's uh you know it's a great relationship with the, that we have we we've got done everything from their videos that you see in costco to their qvc commercials mm -hmm. and everything in between nice so you know that's you know you you met the owner and his new fiance so mm -hmm. you know that's kind of what they do and you know one of a, a one of our longer standing clients nice. we've been with them uh, ian was actually the vice president of bioionic which is a high-end like Hair, hair care line of products. Mm -hmm. uh, Vidal Sassoon's uh, best friend, uh, Fernando Romero, started it. So he was the vice president there. They used to be my clients. And so when he had left there to take the CEO position at Marula, we just went with him. Nice. That's awesome. Yep. That's really good to have that continuity of purpose and mm -hmm. vision. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, mm -hmm. very good. One thing that we talked about, too, that I'm just really fascinated by is um, your approach to solving problems. So um, I know we talked a lot about, um, you know, your, your um, like what you do and things like that. But I, I really liked, um, you have some thoughts about, I don't know, just if you could just share a little bit about that, just your approach to that um, um, problem solving. Yeah, uh, I think a traditional, you know, traditional marketing way is it's, you know, hey, what's your budget for the year? We're going to write up a strategic plan. We're going to spend it quarterly throughout, and we're going to do these certain things. Um, the industry is moving so fast; it's sometimes really hard to plan. You know, you do, but then you you, know, you plan as best as you can. But uh, a lot of things change. You go down different paths. You you know, you lose people on your team, or you gain other people on your team. So you sort of have to move and shake. And a lot of people, and it's funny that I feel like the bigger brands we work with, it gets more last second and last second. Oh, more last second. Okay, so not as you think. Not ahead you know, of early on in my career, you're like, man, I cannot wait to work with these big brands. <laughs> it's just going it. to be, it's, yeah, it's just going to be. Everything's going to be planned out for you. It's going to be so easy, and they know what they're doing. Everything the schedules ahead of time, and it's sort of the opposite. Oh wow! The bigger the brand, the sort of last second they're scrambling to do something, but they end up paying more money because mm -hmm. it is last second, and they are scrambling. 
Um, so most of the time our clients come to us with a, with a problem or something they need done. Maybe it's not a problem, but something at the last second that needed to fit in, you know? Yeah. So it's like, Hey, you know, Eli electric vehicles came to us the other day and, uh, the head of marketing and one of the, you know, one of the owners, uh, was my photo, my second photo intern seven years ago. Mm. And she left us and went to go do international business. Now she's head of marketing for Eli Electric Vehicles and she came back six years later to hire me to shoot all their commercials and their branding. So we just shot a bunch of commercials at the, um, at the end of last year. And now uh, they're hired a second time to shoot their crowdfunding campaign video. Mm -hmm. So the CEO flew in from Shanghai the other day, and we sort of had lunch. Your daughter Miranda, Tarun, Shay, and and the and the CEO, and sort of had to pick their brain and their philosophy because we all know sort of the framework that a crowdfunding video should have. But every brand's different. And so you have to figure out, we have to extract that story from them. A lot of CEOs want to divert the attention off themselves, but as the person that created the company, you have to have that initial story why, why you did it. So why don't, why don't you share a little bit about that? So if a company comes to you and they're like, and the CEO is talking to you or the founder and they're like, please, I don't want to be in the video. I want it to be really focused on my brand and keep me out of it. What, how do you answer that? I would say, first of all, that most people want to hear it coming from the leader. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the best ammunition you can have the CEO that knows most about the brand that runs the brand that talks the language every single day can uh, instill some confidence mm -hmm. you know in, in, in the buyer or the client or whoever mm -hmm. so we'll tell we tell that right to the face we're like stop you know you're the best person to represent the brand you are the CEO do you think there's a difference in results so like if you did have the founder or the CEO talking versus not I mean have you can you quantify that at all or do you have any even anecdotes to share that of the difference because i think i mean as a marketer i've had the same speech to my clients before but do you have any kind of backup information i think if the ceo or founder is actually passionate about their business then you can't replace that with somebody unless it's a very very seasoned actor which we have done mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day, that person who's put their blood, sweat, and tears into that business and really knows how to convey that to somebody, you can't replace that. You know, you're, you've owned businesses, you're a business owner now, same with us. I don't think it would be very easy for somebody to get inside of our experience, inside of our day-to-day -day hustle and be able to replicate that on camera unless they were really knew what they were doing, they could embody that, you know what I mean? So it's, it would be, it's much easier for us to get that type of performance and that reality out of somebody who's actually experiencing it. And it's a little weird, I mean, to be honest, we much prefer to be behind the camera. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's one of the few, few opportunities you snagged us. So it's because we love Miranda and you, obviously. But, you know, at, I think at the end of the day, um, what we're good at doing is pulling the, that truth and that, those key selling points and what makes the business unique, which is usually something to do with the mission, you know, and the values, not necessarily the features of what you're selling, mm -hmm. you know, because those things can line up with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But if you watch shows like The Profit or anything in that vein, they always buy into the people, mm -hmm. right? You could have, you know, two, two cookie makers. One of them, we were just watching actually, 
is trying to hire all single moms. Mm -hmm. Other one is a licensing deal, which is pretty much, you know, nickel and diming their suppliers. Mm -hmm. It's an easy call to make, you know what I mean? Right. Regardless of whether it's good for ratings or not, it just makes you feel better and a better place to put your money. And so we try to kind of extract that information, extract that purpose, that mission, those values, and then it becomes a much easier sell for them because they're not trying to come up with this you know, what they think people want to hear. And in reality, what made them start that business is usually what people want to hear anyways. Yeah, that's true. Well, and don't you feel like you're trying to create an emotional connection? Like anyone could go to the store and look at the ingredients and then have a taste test. But if you create a connection and three cookies taste kind of like similar, mm -hmm. you are going to buy the one yeah. that you have more of an emotional Yep, I don't know what the exact metric is. I don't know what is it, 90, 98%. 98% if there's two exact like products sitting on the shelf and one of them has a cause behind it, they'll buy that one with the cause behind it every single time. Mm -hmm. So we look for those products and identify them and those clients that we can play that same game with. Right, right. And what I like about this too is it's scalable. So whether you're a huge corporation or you're, you know, you have a small business, I feel like it's this, like it's a level playing field, so it's just extracting. And I, um, do you have? Can you just share a story? I know, um, I know you were talking to me a lot about um, this pulling the story out. Um, do you have any examples of someone that maybe they're like, well, I don't really have a story, and and you ask them enough questions, and maybe walk us through that a little bit so people can get any. Because I feel like sometimes as business owners, we're like, I don't really have a story, you know, and but we, we all do. So mm -hmm. do you have an example that you want to share? Let's see who's on the board there. Well, I mean, we, we can tell you about, um, we can tell you about a one company, we won't say names exactly, mm -hmm. but the, the, main, the main point was that the goal of the business, or the, the business was originated based on the idea of like, okay, this is, there is a market here. Right. I want to create a product for this market that is that is obviously needed. Mm -hmm. Right. And I want to raise a bunch of money around that idea. Well, that, that's kind of a tough sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as we dive deeper and deeper and deeper, we find out that this guy's entire childhood was spent in his family business, which has led him completely into understanding this new business from a new lens you know, based on being a millennial and based on his youth. Mm -hmm. So he didn't even realize that his own childhood and his own family's business contributed so much to where he's at now until we actually had to, you know, be a mirror and reflect these things back at him. And not necessarily in a, I don't want to say in, in, a, in a mean way, but in a, in a very like, you know, straightforward, no BS, be like, listen, man, you are hiring us for our expertise. We're trying to make sure you get the best out of us and we get the best out of you. So we're going to have to really like dig this out of you. And it might be a little painful for you to, to realize why we're going down this route and we're hammering you with these questions and this existential information about why you're doing what you're doing. But at the end of the day, now you finally realize why it is you're doing this. It's like going to the psychologist. It's no different. We have to go through this sort of, uh, you know, emotional you know, 360, 180, whatever you want to call it, you know, all the way back down to the front. And um, they end up realizing a lot about themselves because they didn't. It was it was so buried deep down inside of why they do it, you know. And yeah. they're just used to the what they have in front of them. They're like they forgot what they did it for in the first place, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so at first, they like I said, a lot of a lot of leaders try to divert, you know, the original tension off themselves and back onto their team or the product. We're like, look, everybody makes amazing products. Mm -hmm. 
You know, like you're not changing the wheel when it comes down to that, you know. Um, but the mission behind it that we have to extract out of him is why people would buy into it and put a deposit or, or do a crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. A big part of our background comes in technology also. And so for, especially me, for the beginning period of that aspect of my career, I was always selling the exciting parts, which I thought were the features. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, can, you can liken it to like Apple versus Samsung, right? Samsung comes out with the features, you know, dual cameras, 4K, 3D, DL, but like all, all the abbreviations that you could possibly want and imagine. And nobody really seems to care too much. Apple puts that with a couple high-resolution pictures of puppies and families <laughs> and people actually going through this process and this experience, mm -hmm. and they sell 10 times more units. Right. Right? Yeah. And so that, to me, always proved the power of marketing mm -hmm. and so the storytelling aspect of it. So for us, we look when every CEO comes to us or head of marketing and we're, and we're sort of pulling that information out of them and seeing what needs to be fixed and putting, bringing the story to the forefront. We're, we're always keeping that you know, epic, epic speech from Steve Jobs or Elon Musk in our mind. Like, how do we impact people? How do we make people feel something? How do we make people very, very impressed? And how do you articulate that you are the guy to do this? Well, and I think it just really illustrates the importance of the process, for one thing, of really um, having someone walk you through the process, uh, especially if you're in a business that you're going, I don't have a story, um, but really enlisting people who are skilled at, you know, maybe look at the stories that they've told. I know you guys have told really good stories um, for your client, you know, help them bring their good stories out. Um, and one thing, like just as, at a fundamental level, I always say like features are so that you can, and that's the benefit, you know, mm -hmm. usually. So right, I think right, that's right. a good example of like yeah. um, the, you know, all the letters, but what what's the thing that comes out of that? Right. that you, you know, and, also, and also like, when, when you, we personally, like, we really get to know our clients where, you know, like you said, we go to their weddings, they're, you know, when they break up with their girlfriends, they give us a call, we, you know, we go buy them a beer, you know, uh, but we really have to be entwined with and in tune of everything that's, you know, really going on in their lives, you know, and it's, that's why we sort of pick and choosy with our clients, you know, we get to know them for, for, for quite some time, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Well, what, what is something, as you're working with people, what are some things that you feel like um, is either underestimated or misunderstood when you're working with people or businesses? Misunderstood about us or about them? Um, marketing oh, in about general marketing. or what you do for them or things that... I, I would say one of the, the funniest things about people who are business owners when they consider marketing is that it's an unnecessary expense that you have to fight to get a marketing budget out of a business that is trying to grow their sales, <laughs> you know? So it, it, it's like, you know, you put in a quarter and you get out a dollar. Yeah. There shouldn't be too much hesitation, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. so, yeah, like ROI and like all these things are important metrics, but that just the idea, the fundamental idea that marketing requires the business owner to buy into this idea that they're going to grow and they want to grow. And the whole purpose of being in business is to grow. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe in certain situations, they're happy with where they're at mm -hmm. and the status quo. But I would say, you know, I think at this point we work with the types of brands that know that 
If they're coming to us, it's to get exposure and to tell a story about a specific product or an innovation that they want to tell the world, mm -hmm. you know, but can't tell you how many times I've had to really like break down. Okay. The reason why you do marketing for your business is so you see all these expenses and the fact that you haven't taken a paycheck and like all these mm -hmm. issues that you're dealing with in cash flow. Maybe if you advertised your business, <laughs> it would help a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I would say that's one big one. Um, I mean, in a, in a lot of people, and this is more pertaining to like probably medium to smaller independently owned businesses, they just hear the word marketing and they really have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. They don't know who to hire. They don't know what to put money in where. So we're the sort of transparent ones that educate them. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we know 10 people have already called you, emailed you, tell them you, you, know, you want to do X, Y, and Z. We really want to educate them and articulate exactly what we do and exactly what should be done. Because for us, you know, not ROI, all the ROI is not always a monetary value. Sometimes it's clicks. Sometimes it's opt-ins. You know, sometimes it's you know, come to this free party. Um, so, for the for the most part, um, we have to do a lot of educating of our client before they trust us with the bigger amount of money. Right. Right. We have to sort of show them first. And I think we're easily bored, so we're always looking for the next things, new innovations. So I think when people realize that we can produce high-end content, marketing campaigns, and have technology that increases their conversion rates and is just impressive and, mm -hmm. you know, unique, um, it helps us stand out and it also helps us to stay excited about it. You know, we've done a lot of Facebook, like digital marketing. Um, and I mean, that in itself is just like the deepest of deep rabbit holes <laughs> yeah. that changes daily and it is a grind new holes created daily. yeah i mean they, they will they will just yeah. do an update and the whole system will update it and they add platform that you're you're used to using <laughs> buttons are in a different place other things are optimized things aren't there you know so what we learn is you know most of the time we start dealing with the like the head of marketing at a company mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's it starts going above their head and we have to start dealing it directly with the ceo because of the technology we're bringing in and some of the things so we really work hand in hand with the marketing director to educate them on the new things that are come out because they're working on sort of in their vertical lane of the brand yeah. and they're not really getting abreast of everything that's going on and how fast the technology is changing yeah. so we really have to go in there you know and we see a lot of people the marketing directors get stuck doing social media mm -hmm. or doing busy work these days mm -hmm. you know we just had a we just had two of our friends from a fresh food agency in dallas come in you know 23 women uh, in a uh, you know in an agency and you know sometimes they feel like that the creativity got pulled out of it because they're just sort of servicing the clients. Mm, gotcha. mm -hmm. And we hate we hate to see that stuff. Yeah. You know, we will, we want to do different things on a daily basis. We want to stay innovative. We want to have meetings. You know, we want people to have fun. You know. So if you look at businesses and and you could just make them do one thing, if you're like the boss of them, what would it be that you feel like they're maybe in? You know, it's a major generalization, but you know, we all have our pet peeves. It's like if I could make everybody do this, it would be. Create content, like authentic content consistently, because I think uh, you get, it's easy to get bogged down in analytics and strategies and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I'm guilty of that very much so um, in the past. Like, oh, well, if I do this and, you know, I plug this thing in, it'll get, you know, five more points on the back end. Mm -hmm. 
And then maybe like, oh, it only got three points. Why did that happen? You just, it's like that, that deep dive, right? At the end of the day, when you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, what stops you? Right? It's that piece of co compelling, honest, funny, mm -hmm. strange piece of content. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's like, real. It's and, not con and as contrived. Exactly. Yeah. And so. That's a good word to use. Yeah. yeah. And so, one of the, I, I think, the skills that we possess as content creators is creating authentic authenticity and not, you know, overproduced when it comes to those things. And, and what that, I guess, what that means is that you don't have to have a gigantic budget in order to make authentic content. Mm. You know, you just have to have the mindfulness and you have to have the desire and be able to convey your own voice. So if it is coming, you know, the message from the owners and it's a very small company, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. You know, can't be afraid of, of doing that. Can't be afraid of putting yourself out there because ultimately if you're not going to put yourself out there, who is? What a vulnerability that businesses never had to deal with in the past. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, no. Because to be that real and like, I mean, just like Miranda's upstairs, we're getting ready to do this. And she's like, hi, we're OMH, you know, and we're winds blowing. And But that's the kind of content that people want to see. They want to see, like, what does your day look like, you know? And, um, and even if it's an unrelated industry and they're looking at your feed, it, it, you know, again, it's that emotional connection. It's similar to having the story behind it. Um, it doesn't always have to be a charity. It, yep. it, sometimes it's just, wow, that's a human I think I could hang out with, you know, and that's how you pick your clients a lot of times. Yeah, so. mm -hmm. yeah and, um, and a lot of times, you know, back in the day, you used to have to pay for a billboard. Yeah. You know, now everyone's got their own personal billboard. That if they, you know, if they put it out there, people will stop and look at, look at the billboard if it's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, well, that's one of the questions we ask our clients. Like if you had a hundred foot billboard in Times Square, what would it say? And that really gets people to think inside, you know, and stop thinking about all that ex exterior stuff. And they're like, man, if, if I could just put a couple sentences about our brand and our mission, what would it be? And they really, they're really taken back at first. Yeah. So what kind of answer are you looking for? Because I know we talked a little bit. I didn't want to ask any more questions about it because I knew I wanted to ask you today. But what kind of answer are you looking for? Like how, because as a business owner, if someone asked me that, I mean, I probably would have the same look that most of your clients have where it's like, oh, I don't even know. Nobody's what asked me that. Like, what does that even mean to me? And for, I for us, I, for I us, I turned around and asked you guys. You guys had the same look. Like, whoa, what just happened? You know, mm -hmm. actually, Miranda did. But um, yeah. so, what kind of? I mean, it's the, it's the same thing. Like we were watching uh, TED Talks last night, and there was a show called The Buried Life, where four guys from Canada basically read a poem, and there was a pretty amazing passage. And it was about doing all the things you want to do before you die. Mm. And so they rented a broken down van and bought some cameras off eBay. And they went around and they made a list of 100 things they want to do before they die. And they put things on that, you know, play basketball with the president, kiss the queen, uh, give a stranger's wedding speech, uh, uh, attend a party at the Playboy Mansion. And they just started crossing them off one by one. Yeah. And every time they would do something on their list, they would meet somebody along the way and they would help somebody with theirs. So they would do something amazing, like attend a party at the Playboy Mansion, and they would run into this, you know, this veteran that was down on his luck, and they would ask the question, what do you want to do before you die? Mm -hmm. And the person would be like, well, I've never met my son before. Mm -hmm. And so they'll, the whole episode goes along, then they do a bunch of research, and they ended up, you know, the final shot is, you know, them handing the phone to the old man, and him going, 
Son, father, with the sun going down in the background. So those are, those are the kind of things that we're attracted to. You know, like if we could, you know, if we had enough money to quit everything right now and just take a van on the road and just help, help people out and yeah. do things, cross things off our list that we wanted to do before we die, we would leave right now. Right, right, right. Awesome. That is, that, that's awesome. I'm like, okay, so uh, bookmark. <laughs> but, so, but what, um, I don't even I don't even want to change the subject. I want to talk about that more. But what would what are you looking for as far as the billboard? Um, something okay. something very direct, clear, and concise. Because the client will tell you all this stuff about their brand, but they if I said all right, summarize that in a couple sentences, they can't do it. And you know, a lot of times they rely on director of marketing or somebody that is specifically curating that, that type of language for their brand. Because you get caught down in doing financials, you, you know, product development, like all these other parts of actually running the business, and you're like, wait, why am I doing this again? Yeah, <laughs> you know? HR. Yeah, you know, and obviously, whether it's a big or small company, because even small companies have to deal with kind of the same hustle and same administration, management type of stuff, then a bigger company has to do. So mm-hmm. especially when you have to wear that many hats as a small business owner. So I think the main thing is just like when you first got started, what was the reason mm-hmm. that you created this business? And if you forgot that, then let's remind you. Yeah. You know? Seems like that would get to the core of it. Yeah. Pretty consistent. Well when the business starts getting up and going and you have staff, you have expenses, you have all these things riding mm-hmm. You start, you start looking towards the money and start right. pulling away from the mission. Yeah. You know, it gets a little bit more serious. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And probably more short-sighted versus visionary. Like Absolutely. You started it. So. Yeah, bills to pay at that point. Yeah. You know? Well, um, is there anything else like, um, that we haven't covered that you feel like before we go, if, if there were things that I'd, I'd like each of you to share, just something that you feel like if, if entrepreneurs out there and business owners out there, if they didn't hear anything else, Boom. This is what you would want to share. I mean, for, for me, you know, um, when I, once I got out of the military and I, you know, I went to Iraq and saw a lot of my friends die, I saw that, uh, that, that human life is very fragile mm-hmm. and you never know when you're going to die. And a lot of people, if they're not exposed to that, they take life for granted. And they think they have some time to do something, but really you don't. Mm-hmm. And so when I got back and I went to photography school, I was literally compelled to do something amazing with my life you know like after I already went to Iraq and you come back and you're just like you know everyone's congratulating you like hey thanks for your service you know it makes you feel really good like like Superman you know and you want to continue wearing the cape you know and so that's what sort of compelled me to do things great now today you know yesterday you know not later or tomorrow you know and so a lot of people don't have that drive that we found, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of our clients go with these smaller ad, uh, agencies now and creative agencies because the bigger ones, they're so bogged down in what they're doing in administration, who's wearing the right dress, is somebody showing up to, you know, arts and crafts day or bowling night, you know, at the job, and we don't, we don't have any of that. We work 24 hours a day, our clients can walk through our door, our clients can call us mm-hmm. in the middle of our sleep, and so... People want that more personal attention anymore. Nobody's just going to give an ad agency a quarter million dollars and say, all right, cool, we'll see what happens this year. You know, plan out a few things, you know. What I find fascinating is that's true not only for small businesses, but for large corporations that are mm-hmm. coming to you wanting that special. Yeah, we have Fortune 500 companies. Like, because they get buried in that already. Yeah. It's probably refreshing for them to have a solution that it's like, okay, let's get back. We, can, we come through and shake it up. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny how 
you know, like the corporations, they see all this stuff that's bubbling in, in the community, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, organic and yoga and like all these holistic, especially us being in California, you know what I mean? Um, now you see all these big companies circling back and having some type of holistic mission behind it. Like they're all coming back to that because, hey, they realize that, okay, you may save some money making some crappier products, but people aren't going to buy them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so if you spend a little bit more money having quality products that resonate with your customers, that always wins. And so the idea of like this industrialization and just making stuff because it's profitable and it's going to increase your valuation and bottom line. Super cheap. And, yeah. You yeah. know, like people don't care about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the most important thing I think for me is just to be aligned with what you're doing. Mm. You know, if you feel that you're sliding away from your original purpose and what gets you up in the morning, then just look at yourself and look at what your purpose is. And in a couple of years, when you're, if you were still doing that same thing again and again, would you be happy? Mm. And unfortunately, sometimes it requires people like us to reflect that back at them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just ask yourself, like, what is your mission? We're not, we're not yes guys. Right. So when people come in, they're like, well, this is how it is. We're like, well, that's really not how it is. And how do we, we don't see it like that, you know? And so, it's it's sort of it's sort of sort of you know bump, bumpy waters at first because you're like I said we're extracting that information they're trying to tell us how they think it is and we have to be objective mm-hmm. and that's why people end up liking us because they're like you know what these these dudes actually care right. they're not just shaking their head north and south and be like oh that's cool it's cool okay cool we got it right yeah. so kind of to put it all together it's almost like like what you were saying where it's like you know live for today don't wait for tomorrow and then it's like if you are here in ten years are you going to be happy that that's how you spent your time. And um, I guess more is if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you died right now, would you be happy with what you accomplished in right, life? Right. That's more of the question. Okay, yeah. Instead of, you know, what do you want to do before you die? Because that's sort of open-ended. Like, well, I, I don't know how much time I have before I die. Well, we'll see. I'll get to the Grand Canyon and get married, uh, you know, once I become rich. You wake up 10 years later and, you know, and that's kind life of... Life will pass you by very fast. Like, yeah, you could be going, whoa, what, where'd I go? <laughs> the, and the turning point for us is, you know, we've, you know, we've been a production company for, you know, a couple of years now together. And, uh, you know, we were basically just working with whatever clients, you know, we could find, you know, stringing it together at the beginning. And, you know, the turning point was we were both really unhappy. And the turning point was he looked me right in my eyes like, why are we working with, you know, these things, these clients, these projects that we don't want to? Let's stop doing that and start working with the clients and the people we want to. And literally from that day on, that was our mission. And that's what we did. We we sucked. We ate ate ramen noodles for a long time, hypothetically speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it it was a lot of ups and downs. We lost a lot of people that we love in our lives, you know. And uh, but uh, that's that. Like I said, that was a turning point where like, you know, stop this shit. We don't want to do. Right. Sorry. Um, And let's start doing the things we want to do. Align ourselves with our mission in life. You know, what makes us feel good. And that was literally the when we started winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we know a lot of good ramen places at this point. <laughs> I know. You said figuratively and you laughed. So I assume that it was literal also. <laughs> yeah. A little you, bit of both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to be figuratively. like, I think happiness versus success is a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can be really wealthy and unhappy. You can be mm-hmm. really happy and not so wealthy, mm-hmm. you know, so... I think most of us just want to be appreciated. We want to be happy and feel fulfilled. And oftentimes when that is aligned with your profession, 
you're going to make money doing it. Right. Right. Because then you're just being genuine. You're being honest, is, which is kind of the, the passion comes out and people buy into it. Yeah. They're like, oh, this mechanic's going above and beyond to tell me that, you know, I should do this with my gas tank to winterize it. You're like, man, I'm going to come back to you every single time. You went above <laughs> and beyond. And most people don't get that. And the people that go above and beyond, it's easy for those people to thrive, you know, especially in the, in, in the entertainment and this world that we live in. You know, when people say like, you know, they talk down about certain celebrities, you know, um, or, you know say Miley Cyrus, for example. We're like, this girl works 18 hours a day since she was one. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't compute. Right. You know, right. I don't right. think people even know, you know, she's, wor she's worked more hours than most people at 60. Right. You know, right. um, so people, sometimes people don't see those, those bottom layers. And we always tell people, they're like, you know, what's, what's the secret to success, you know? And it's, it's, for us, it's like a couple things, you know, we always put up, you know, um, uh, Talent and luck, right? Everybody's 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 got the talent here. Everybody's super talented, and but when that when that chance does come, you you have to you have to execute when you when you get your opportunity, and you have to put yourself in that right position. You know, then there's patience and persistence. So those four things, you know, then in the middle of them, it's it's balancing all those. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anything else that you want to add to that? I mean, I feel like that was a very nice like. In yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna burn your uh, burn your computer down if we keep talking too long, too much longer. Okay, well I have one more question. I'm a huge foodie, and so I always end with this question: um, What is your favorite dish or ingredient? And since we're in LA, I feel like mm. in Billings, I don't usually ask people like, "Where do you eat?" Because it's just there's like four places, and I don't mm -hmm. you know want to. Maybe you should ask, "What do you cook?" Well, actually, it's very open-ended this way. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite ingredient or dish? And then it could be you can cook it, you can eat out somewhere and have it. So how about a feature view? Well, um, for me, when I got out of the military, I was, I was fighting MMA, so I was going to go train at a gym. I was going to go to culinary school. Nice, easy you know, life for the next three years. And the first day I, I went to school, I was sitting out there, and I was a little bit older. You know, I was like, what, 20, 28, 26, you know, going to come back, back to school. And it was in Orange County, and I'm seeing the 17-year-old kids with their moms dropping them off, and I'm sitting outside like, what am I doing here? And I saw the culinary kids push out the door with you know, garbage cans, food on the front of them. I'm like, no. Nope. Uh, look down the list, digital photography. That sounds a little bit cleaner. You know? <laughs> uh, my parents weren't wealthy, so I wasn't going to get a restaurant. I was like, I'm going to start at the bottom as a line, you know, as a, as a, uh, as a line cook. And so I, I moved here to be a chef. And so I changed my profession literally at the last second and, you know, changed my world. And I went down that path. But, we, you know, we, we both continue to cook. Okay. So we probably cook twice a day, oh, wow. you know, you know, four people. And, you know, the fastest way to somebody's heart is through their stomach, right? Yeah, that's our love language, I feel. Yep, yep. And <laughs> so food. food is definitely, like, something to be shared when you cook somebody, invite somebody into your home, you know, and give, your, give away a part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And we have photo shoots here all the time. And we'll bring in the model, the hair and makeup artist, or the client. And me and Miranda just got back from a run. We're sort of sweaty and we're cooking, you know, we're cooking brunch. And they're like, hey, you want to get some brunch? And they're like, brunch? You guys cook? And we're like, it's a full service agency. Yeah. They're like, what, yeah. what, what kind of people are you hanging out with? You know, uh, people don't cook these days. You know, like people are so shocked, you know, that we bring people in our home, cook for them. And it's usually an elevated meal. I would not to toot anybody's horn, but I, I say we're 
pretty good, pretty good at, at, around the kitchen. Uh, but my father's from Peru, so like the other night we cooked, you know, a Peruvian dish, uh, arroz con pollo. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, with uh, ceviche and Peruvian ceviche is not made with like tomato sauce; it's made with just lime. Oh yeah. Yeah, so like there's sweet potatoes, cilantro, uh, lime, corn. Uh, yeah, corn, mm-hmm. and yeah, super amazing. Yeah. So I, I cook a lot of Peruvian dishes if I'm going to show somebody like who I am, you know, and where I came from. So yeah, that's one for me. So. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just about the hospitality aspect of things, you know, like what we do is professionally and our personalities are just, you know, we, we're try to be hospitable. And what's cool about cooking is it, it's also creative, mm. right? Yeah. It's like, you have a different type of palate now, you know, these ingredients, they all blend together. They all different temperatures and different consistencies and be putting all that together kind of like create really create something unique mm-hmm. and neither of us use any recipes and have a hard time replicating something exactly <laughs> but it usually gets better with age yeah. you know we like to think at least um i think one thing that i really enjoy is like like a kind of a comp like a somewhat of complex uh like a bowl right so like I like hearty stuff, mm. you know what I mean. So I do like something with like quinoa and sweet potatoes and um, you know like Brussels sprouts and like have like this nice mix with a kale in there and with like kale and you know they're all like layered up at different times and different temperatures with like a poached egg on top, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so it's like something that doesn't matter where you're from or yeah. what culture you 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 know you normally like to dine with. Something that kind of powers you is clean and delicious, and uh, I think that's like one of my favorite kind of go-to things. Nice, you know that, and it all goes back to something in a bowl. You yeah. Know? yeah, for us, <laughs> yeah, that that or sushi. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's so great. Well, and two, um, thank you for your service, both of you, too. I do thank you too. Just say that, yeah. And uh, thanks to my team in the background that you don't see, my mother-in-law, Sandy, and my husband, Dwayne, and Miranda, they all have been helping make this possible. Thank you so much again for sharing your time. Thank you. Really yeah, You're home with us. Awesome, and yeah. hopefully people, even if you get just one nugget out of this, I think there's a lot to be taken away. So I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, thanks so much for coming. And remember, the best is yet to come.